A monk asked Zhao Zhou, has the dog Buddha nature or not? Zhao Zhou said, Mu. Woman's comment. For the practice of Zen, it is imperative that you pass through the barrier set up by the ancestral teachers. For subtle realization, it is of the utmost importance that you cut off the mind road. If you do not pass the barrier of the ancestors, if you do not cut off the mind road, then you are a ghost clinging to bushes and grasses. What is the barrier of the, ancient, of the ancestral teachers? It is this one word, mu, the one barrier of our faith. We call it the gateless barrier of the Zen tradition. When you pass through this barrier, you will not only interview Zhao Zhou intimately, you will walk hand in hand with all the ancestral teachers in the successive generations of our lineage. The hair of your eyebrows entangled with theirs, seeing with the same eyes, hearing with the same ears. Won't that be fulfilling? Is there anyone who would not want to pass this barrier? So then, make your whole body a mass of doubt. And with your 360 bones and joints and your 84,000 hair follicles, concentrate on this one word, moo. Day and night, keep digging into it. Don't consider it to be nothingness. Don't think in terms of has or has not. It is like swallowing a red-hot iron ball. You try to vomit it out, but you can't. Gradually you purify yourself, eliminating mistaken knowledge and attitudes you have held from the past. Inside and outside become one. You're like a mute person who has had a dream. You know it for yourself alone. Suddenly, Mu breaks open. The heavens are astonished, the earth is shaken. It's as though you've snatched the sword of General Khan. When you meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha. When you meet Bodhidharma, you kill Bodhidharma. At the very cliff edge of birth and death, you find the great freedom. In the six worlds and in the four modes of birth, you enjoy a samadhi of frolic and play. How then should you work with it? Exhaust all your life energy on this one word, Mu. If you do not falter, then it's done. A single spark lights your Dharma candle. Woman's verse. Dog, Buddha nature. The perfect presentation of the whole. With a bit of has or has not, body is lost. Life is lost. Please sit comfortably. I know that most of, uh, if not all of you, have heard this koan. Case one of the woman Kwan, many times. 
It is traditional to give a Teisho on it at the start of every great seven-day session. And in fact, before I was coming here, I, um, I had lunch with Jilly Coote. I think many of you probably know Jilly Coote in Sydney, Jilly Coote Roshi. Um, and she, um, she said to me, are you doing case one at the start of your session? And I was so relieved to be able to say yes. <laughs> oh, good, she said. I always do case one. <laughs> so, Anyway, each Teisho on this case is different. As different as each student's experience of uniting with this koan. As different as the koan actually is each time we encounter it. This card makes no sense. How fortunate. How delightful. None of the best things make any sense. Moonlight on snow. Purring. Tears of joy. If we try to approach it logically, systematically, we reach an impasse. Does a dog have Buddha nature, asks the monk, knowing full well intellectually that it does. After all, all things by nature are Buddha. And yet, Zhao Zhou, that old scallywag, says, no, it doesn't have Buddha nature. Like the monk, we are probably stymied by this. We are not satisfied. We want something, don't we? What is it that we are missing? Please be aware that whatever your practice is, everything I'm saying here about working with Mu applies to all other first koans too. Who am I? Who is hearing? It is relevant whether or not you are working with koans Think non-thinking was Dogen's only instruction for how to practice Zazen, beyond guidance on how to position the body. If your practice is counting or following the breath, or with shikantaza or silent elimination, it also applies. All meditation practice is ultimately an invitation and a means to wake up, to reveal our Buddha nature, our awakened nature. How do we do that? Poets and dreamers often touch upon it unwittingly. Here, a poem invites us, as our practice does, to go beyond the words. It's from Field Guide to Haunted Forest. Remember this, someone made up the word sky. Likewise, the word wolf, the words leaf and raindrop. Forget these words and try to name these things anew. 
you will feel their scope and meaning wait upon your mind. Pour a new word into the sky and see it fade like smoke. Look for the noise that equals the reality of wolves. How will you wrap such things up in syllables and set them upon your tongue? We are not all poets, but most of us dream. Do not discount your dream life. It knows you better than you do and is not under your control. Why do we call it the gateless barrier? Do you think that there is something stopping you? Do you believe that? Alternatively, we can sabotage our own plans by either believing we cannot do something or because we are afraid of the consequences of doing it. What if realizing my true nature isn't what I imagined? What if I'm disappointed? See how easy it is to sow doubts and undermine ourselves? Don't do it. When you pass through this barrier, I'm quoting now, we're on the, on the uh, comment. Um, when you pass through this barrier, you will not only interview Zhao Zhao intimately, you will walk hand in hand with all the ancestral teachers in the successive generations of our lineage, the hair of your eyebrows entangled with theirs, seeing with the same eyes, hearing with the same ears. Jiao Jiao hearing the planes flying over. Won't that be fulfilling? Is there anyone who would not want to pass this barrier? This is interesting. Here we see it dangle before us like temptation. The promise of passing through the barrier that is not a barrier along with all other great worthies like Zhao Zhou. Don't even think about this temptation reward, bah. If you do not pass the barrier of the ancestors, if you do not cut off the mind road, then you are a ghost clinging to bushes and grasses. And now we have a reminder to let go of all those desires. No wonder we need to cut off the mind road. It's a seething mass of contradictions and comparisons. Ancestral teachers here, ghosts there. So then, make your body a mass of doubt. And with your 360 bones and joints and your 84,000 hair follicles, concentrate on this one word moo. I finally looked it up after wandering for about 40 years now, and actually we have fewer bones than that. 360 is actually the number of joints in the body, but as an adult there are only 206 bones. The three, number 360 
was reported by Indian texts in the 6th century before the Christian era, and this, the common era, I mean, and this number was repeated in the Quran. It included the cartilage in joints as bones too, rather than bones only. Anyway, no matter how many bones or hair follicles you have, don't even think about it. And by the way, we have about 5 million hair follicles, apparently. Day and night, keep digging into it. Don't consider it to be nothingness. Don't think in terms of has or has not. It is like swallowing a red-hot iron ball. You try to vomit it out, but you can't. The advice to continue day and night is good, even as you sleep. It's easy to slacken off to think we don't need to maintain our practice once we're in bed, for example. But actually, there is nowhere to hide if we want to let go of the self we only think that we are. Gradually, you purify yourself eliminating mistaken knowledge and attitudes you have held from the past. Inside and outside become one. And this is the wonder. Suddenly, or so it seems, though we've known it all along, that bird song or that sonorous bell is not somewhere else. You're like a mute person who has had a dream. You know it for yourself alone. Not a word. How could you ever explain it? And like many dreams, you may not understand it at all. Fortunately. Suddenly Mu breaks open. The heavens are astonished. The earth is shaken. It is as though you have snatched the sword of General Kwan. When you meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha. When you meet Bodhidharma, you kill Bodhidharma. At the very cliff edge of birth and death, you find the great freedom. In the six worlds and in the four modes of birth, you enjoy a samadhi of frolic and play. You will be amazed. Notice the sound of our chanting. Is it inside or is it outside? No need for any idea of Buddha. Just this. Dark night, the smell of incense, candles on the altar. How then should you work with it? Exhaust all your life energy on this one word, Mu. If you do not falter, then it's done. A single spark lights your Dharma candle. 
And this is true whether you are practicing Mu or if you are following your breath or doing Shikantaza or walking home along the street or taking, talking to a baby outside a shop. Your Dharma candle may light up anywhere at any time, not only while in Seshin. However, our everyday lives in the era of multitasking, texting while at a lecture, talking on the phone light speaker while driving, means that we are not only preoccupied by multitudinous activities, but are often required to multitask. I was talking to somebody the other day about the fact that, you know, uh, at a deep dive lecture that I gave at the Centre for Contemplative Studies that a couple of you came along to, I was told, and it was a talk about Zen, about how to do it, and it was supposed to be a bit like our Zazenkais, where they're, you know, interactive and people sit. <laughs> well, I was told by the organisers I needed to read the chat questions on the screen as well as operate a PowerPoint and deliver my talk simultaneously and to expect that the participants would be multitasking too <laughs> with their cameras off. <laughs> so... Um, Please resist this imperative to <laughs> do 17 things at once. I mean, of course we can learn to do things at the same time. Um, you know, I think most of us have managed the art of driving a car while having a conversation, you know, but, um, but even that has a cost. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Aware of that. We were encouraged in Japan to exhaust all our life energy on this, and indeed, I mean, in the sense of our life energy on this one word, Mu. And indeed, with the arrival of Aitken Roshi, um, we continued like that in Australia. I recently read that in the old days in Japan, monks were expected to reach Satori in two or three years, and then perfect their practice over the following decades. But we are not monks, or nuns, and not in a position to spend the amount of time doing that amount of time doing zazen, and being secluded away from many of the world's distractions as monastics. However, this does not have to be a problem. We are here now. It is amazing how many people in the modern world have never experienced the opportunity to sit in silence, expected to do nothing except be wholeheartedly present and avoid getting entangled in any thoughts that arise. What a luxury this is amid the endless babble. Woman's verse. Dog, Buddha nature, the perfect presentation of the whole. Isn't it just? But how would you express that, I wonder? With a bit of has or has not, 
Body is lost. Life is lost. Oh dear. You're not worrying about if you have it or not, are you? We can continue endlessly like this, wondering if the dog, or we ourselves, have Buddha nature. But that is a red herring, a distraction. It is the ongoing distraction for us all. Have I got it yet? Did I have it and lose it? Is there anything to get anyway? Am I good enough? Don't even think about it. Another poem. Flawless. Things that are perfect are dead things. Empty things. A silence beyond change or challenge. An end point. A blank page. You are a wonderful, messy thing. An impossible thing made of salt and rainwater. Meat and electricity. A dream with teeth. You're too good for perfection. Please just maintain your practice and thank you for your attention.